Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Welcome back to Rethink Retail's podcast. Kirat Anand here, live from Boston at Etail. Today with me is Monica Ahuja Royer from Monica and Andy. Thank you for joining us, Monica. Thank you for having me. I just found out, actually, this was new to me, that Monica is a quarter sick. I have. Actually, my mom is from New Delhi, India. My mom is also from New Delhi, India, and so is my dad. So that makes me a half plus a half equals a full A whole. I like it. Exactly. But we're here to talk to Monica about her brand, Monica and Andy. It's resonated with Alpha and Gen Z consumers. We want to find out how a first-time entrepreneur like you has been so successful in such a challenging space. So first, can you take us through your journey, how you decided to get into fashion? Yeah. So what's interesting is, and I'll, I'll try to keep it short, but my brother launched a men's apparel company in 07. And so- What was that called? It was called Bonobos. I think, I think we heard about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And it was interesting because at the time I was, I worked at Pfizer and Novartis. So I had spent the previous 10 years in an entirely different industry. And I remember when my brother took, started Bonobos, my parents told me not to quit my day job. Because they said, hey, like, we're not sure your brother's going to be selling pants online. And so, you know, I ended up being his probably biggest personal advisor as he has been mine over the years. And so it was interesting. I saw the journey that they built with their consumer. And then when I had my first child in 2010, I thought parents deserve something better. Like we deserve to have this like one to one connection with the brands that we're buying from. And so I never went back to my previous career. I spent the next three years with my daughter, but working on the bones of the brand. And then I launched. Now, after seeing how how hard it was to have a direct-to-consumer brand, I probably should have known better than have my own, but here I am. I love that. So from pharmacy or pharmaceuticals to fashion mm-hmm. and family fashion, so purposeful fashion, I love that. As an entrepreneur, you, you mentioned your brother a few times. Were there any other mentors along your journey that sort of helped you as a first-time entrepreneur? Yeah, I'll say this. I feel like as a, a venture-backed company that's, that's taken on funding over the years, I think I didn't know in the early days how important it was to have the right investors. And so I wouldn't say that I'm smart enough to have actually chosen the right investors, but I was fortunate enough to luck into some of the right folks. And so just to name a few, one of my number one mentors is a guy by the name of Bobby Yazdani. He took his software company public in the late 90s. He is just an incredible business human. And so I think if not for him, as one of the few, like I wouldn't necessarily be sitting here today, I think having a great mentor, and he has said this to me before, is this ability to look around the corner. And he said to me, Monica, I've seen many corners. And so my job is to see around that corner for you to help you to make the right decisions. And so I think those type of mentors are so important. And I think as you're thinking about mentors and investors, like people that have been operators and that have sat in your shoes are so important to have. Because they're the ones that can kind of see around those corners for yeah. you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that having that soundboard, especially when you're a sole founder or sole slash quasi, you know, quasi yeah, co-founder. I actually, I have, yeah, I have like a business partner that's worked with me. Yes. I got, yes. It's so important because they have your aligned interest yes. and they can make those, you know, sound advices along the way. One thing we talked about the consumer really resonating with the brand. One thing that's really important and authentic to the consumer is your focus on sustainability. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah. So for us, for me, it didn't even start as thinking about it that way. So my mom is an immigrant from India. And I thought a lot when I started about 
two things. One, I wanted the softest organic cotton possible. As I had a new baby, I thought so much about like what touched her skin first and how much I wanted that to be, you know, free of all the bad stuff, if you will. But then as I actually got into looking at factories and sourcing, a lot of that was in India. And so I thought about like, what are the way that the workers at the factory are treated and what's the overall health of the entire supply chain? And so that was a really big component for me. And we work with GOT certified organic factories. And so it's not just about the quality of the product, which we want to be exceptional, but it's about the quality of the entire supply chain. For some of the audience that probably is not familiar, what's a GOT certified? GOT certified is a, a specific certification that is that you get on a yearly basis. And so they go back and review it all the time. But it's all about like looking at the health of not just the, the cotton itself, but inspecting the factory, like understanding everything that goes on, on behind the scenes from where the cotton is grown through where it's produced, through how it comes in and how you distribute it to your customers. And it speaks to the quality of your own organization yeah, as that's, well. Yeah, that's, that, that annual audit is extremely important. Absolutely. And, and I think I'd love to learn a little bit more about your female workforce from someone who's been really involved with supply chains in my previous life, you know, operating, owning supply chains in various countries, India, China, et cetera. There's a huge dominance in the male workforce in that, in that supply chain environment, especially in manufacturing. Can you talk about how you have really pushed for making it more equal. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's interesting. It's not just in the supply chain, as you speak about, but like what even comes more to mind to me is like the raising capital space or be, the being a female founder. And so I think that um, being able to be part of female founders out there, even though we receive a smaller amount of capital, but giving us more and more representation as we go out for it. And as you've seen, like my daughter is here with me exposing her to a lot of these environments, making sure that in the future she feels as comfortable to walk into a boardroom as she does a classroom. And so I think a lot of times being a female founder has taught me that even though you feel sometimes like you're the only person like you in the room, there's lots of other folks like that out there along with you. And so you have to keep pushing forward and to continue to break some of those like barriers and those grounds in order to create room for that next generation. Yeah, I, I love that because if you look at the data you know, VCs typically are funding a certain demographic and females and minorities is super underrepresented. Mm -hmm. So thank you for doing that both on the capital and venture front, also on the supply chain front, and also with your workforce and your team and your people. So you're not only speaking about it, but you're also living an example for your daughter and for others. Thank you. You talk a lot about the community that you formed and the community with the consumer. Can you dive in a little bit deeper about how the product relates to the community and how you give back either through other products and services? Yeah. So the community happened on accident. So we live in Chicago. I had thought a lot about the product. My daughter was bored doing an incredibly cold winter, which obviously isn't uncommon there. And I remember I was so lonely. I'd left my job. Like I was happy with her, but I was like, this is really hard to be home by yourself. You, I felt very disconnected. And so I started to meet other moms as I was building this that started to become part of the brand. And when we launched, my daughter was somewhere between the age of three and four. And I remember we had our physical store and online. And so our office was in the back of our physical store. And in the early days, I thought, well, what am I going to do with her while I'm working? So I'm like, we need art, music, story time. And it was so interesting because that need for the few parents that started with me to entertain their kids became, it, it drew people into the store. And I suddenly realized like, wow, people like to really create this incredible community and consumer, like people really have to want to live in the brand with you. And then I realized, you know, Parenthood is such a journey. And no matter where we all are, we end up on a very similar, like with a lot of the same questions, right? And so I thought, 
hey, if we can start to feel like that first parent friend that you wish you had, how can people feel more in the know than I did as a new parent? And so the mission of the brand has been like, how can we bring more information to more parents? And a lot of times that's between classes and events and experiences. Yeah. Uh, you touched a little bit about the store, um, you know, having your own stores. But now recently you've partnered with a pretty big store. Would you like to share a little bit of yeah, details on so, that? Yeah, um, so we're now partnering with Walmart and it's been absolutely incredible. We're in over a thousand Walmart doors across wow. the country and the opportunity to meet to meet the Walmart customer and to be able to bring organic to more families. It's been an incredible experience. Is this an exclusive agreement with Walmart or do you think there's opportunities for you to grow the retail and, and wholesale business with other partners? Yeah, I feel like we're very committed to working with Walmart. And that doesn't mean that there's not opportunities over time to work with like other partners in this way. But the Walmart collaboration has been really special and that we've been able to work very one-to-one. -one. They have an amazing team, and it's been really fun to really get to know their business and to understand more about, um, you know, how they do business and all of, the, all of the different things about the baby space at Walmart. And so we're still in learning mode and excited to continue to build there. Yeah, I think that's really smart. I remember my first few days at Walmart, and again, it's amazing the lens that you get to understanding what the American consumer is purchasing and where mm -hmm. and how that's so different. Right. Having 4,700 stores, you know, there's a Walmart 10 miles next to 90 percent of the population. You will really quickly learn which product is re resonating with which, which customer where. And I think that learning is huge. Definitely in the heart of their team, like the, the expertise that they have with knowing that the, the area that they're working with, um, I think is what has amazed me more than anything, because like they just they know their customers so well. And like there's a different person for all of the various different facets of the buying there. So it's been kind of a magical experience. Talk to me about some of the services you're doing for your community. Yeah. So I think, like, first and foremost, a lot of what we do is really trying to bring information to the community in various different ways. And so that before COVID was something we had, oh my gosh, I think at one point, and this won't sound big to, you know, other people's scales, but we had about 14 physical locations. And so at each one of those physical locations, we created a community where we got to know, like, the local parent groups and understand, like, what what they were excited about or what the problems were that we could help to solve there. And then obviously COVID happened and it, a lot of those were pop-ups, which we were, weren't necessarily long-term anyway. And as we moved into COVID, the virtual experience went from having like 20 people that could fit into a store, maybe in our Lincoln Park store, like a hundred, and that was standing room, to a thousand people on a specific class. And so that got us to thinking a lot more about like, how can we make sure that we're elevating the content as much as possible? And we really think about the stage of like pregnancy to preschool for parents. And so how can we think about like everything along that continuum? And then over COVID, it also became more than just about the child. There was a lot of thoughts about like mental health and well-being for parents and really thinking about making sure their oxygen mask was on first as well. And so it kind of evolved in the way that we think about what we provide. I, I love how you're bringing health and wellness into the community, into the customer, offering that. Any plans to go subscription and make it a stickier sort of platform? Yeah, you know, we're thinking about all sorts of fun things. Now that like the supply chain has opened back up, I would say this is the first like six or seven months since COVID that like things have returned to whatever the new normal is, if you will. And so we're thinking about all sorts of ways in which we can provide better services for our consumer. And definitely the idea of subscription is on the table. Yeah. The new normal is change. It's always going to be changing. Yes. So, you know, as a minority female successful founder who's navigated through a very challenging period, 
What are some tips, maybe top two or three tips that you could give other minority female founders? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, and I'm not sure how specific this is, but I think as a mom founder, if you will, like making sure that you have the right support network. And so I think it's like, there's always people from a business perspective that can be giving you advice, but really having people in your life that can give you no holds bar advice and no holds bar support, I think is really important because you need people to be able to tell it to you like it is and to be there for you no matter what. And I think as like a mom founder, that's probably been like one of the most key features because there's so much that you want to give to your team and to your community, but you need to make sure that you have people to fall back on. And so I think that's been number one. I think number two, which is something that we were touching on earlier in the conversation, is to really make sure that like you have the right mentors, whether they're investors, whether they're just mentors, but like people that have been there and done that and that you really like you you really respect and feel like you can listen to. Because I think there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I've got this great idea and I still might go through with whatever I think. But being able to get other people's perspectives and to have people push back on you a little bit from a business perspective to say, hey. That could work, but here are the other things that you should be thinking about. Um, and then I would say the final thing is my co-founder, Brian, who I w- was alluding to at the very beginning of the conversation, having a partner in business in its own way is like, you know, I've been married to my husband now for 17 years. He's incredible. And I feel like we've changed so much over that time, but in so many ways have grown together. Having a business partner in a similar way, like you meet people and suddenly like your business life is in someone else's hands. And so making sure that as you get into business with people, as you build those partnerships, that you're thinking not only about your business values aligning, but really like some of your life values aligning as well, because it will come up along the way. Yeah, I think the common denominator between one, two, three is partnerships, Mm -hmm. right? A proper partner at the home mentioned having that support system, a partner in the boardroom, having that career advice or Mm -hmm. soundboard and a partner in the day-to-day operations, your co-founder. So having entrepreneurs, having a proper partner is there... Any other mom minority founder or any other founder that let's say you could have lunch with one person that you have an opportunity to sit down and meet and ask them questions of how they did it. Is there an entrepreneur or a female entrepreneur that you look to? I mean, if it could be anyone. Anyone. I would go with uh, Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Would be my number one just because I feel like. She's a little better at this than I am, by the way. I feel like she was such a pioneer in what she, she did was. and her ability to just like to 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 bring everybody into the conversation in such a way. And like her business empire amazing, is absolutely incredible. Her so business I, acumen, her connection with the community, her ability to engage the customer or viewer, whatever you call it. You're absolutely right. Yes. And my number two would be Mindy Kaling. Not a bad number two. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned a few times your daughter. Do we have a special guest We today? do, actually, if she wants to come up. So this summer, she's been doing an unofficial, I don't want to see internship, Bella, do you want to come up? I, is she getting, she, is she getting? Oh, she's coming. She'll, she'll be up in just one is second. She, is she getting paid for she, the internship? No, I, I she's, mean, I mean, there's a lot of like lunches involved in, okay. and, and that. But you know, one of the things I realized is, so I've had her and then I've had three miscarriages. And so she's my only for now. And I just decided that I didn't want the job to take me away from her. So I would have That's to bring so her with me. And here she is. This is Bella. And hey, so Bella. my mom came and traveled with me a lot to help me with her in the early days. And now she's a little bit more self-sufficient, but it's so, fun to have her. So Bella, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing the pink and white checkered dress. And what's the brand? Monica Nandy. Obviously. And are you proud of mom? Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Bella. 
Thanks so much for being here, Monica. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And again, this was Kirat Anand at Rethink Retail's podcast, live from Boston at Etail. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.